Welcome to the Enlightened Musician Podcast, a podcast all about the music business and learning how to turn your art into an equally successful business, flipping the mentality of a starving artist into a profitable, sustainable career. Each week, we will interview someone that is excelling in their field and talk tips and tricks on how you can implement that for yourself. Because honestly, how can you know what you don't know until you've been enlightened? Welcome to another episode of the Enlightened Musician Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Light, and on this episode, we're going to talk about house shows and life on the road. This is my first episode with not only one, but two amazing guests that have more than plenty of experience traveling all over the U.S. while playing a few hundred hundred house shows along the way. Bradford Loomis, Nashville's soulful Americana singer-songwriter and Greensboro singer-songwriter, producer, guitar player, who a ton of you know, since he's been playing with me for about eight years, Brett Thompson. These two have cram-packed so much knowledge in this episode and talk about going on the road together, planning a house show tour, and just completely killing the market. So hopefully you'll get a whole bunch of tips and tricks to help you fully understand and navigate the house show market. All right, you guys, I'm so excited today to have two friends of mine, Bradford Loomis and Brett Thompson. And we're going to actually just kind of go into something they do a lot. And that's actually playing on the road and playing house shows as well. So everyone, welcome Bradford and Brett. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to kind of ask you guys individually first to tell me a little bit of your background story and how you got into music where you're at now. So we'll go with Bradford first and then we'll go into Brett right after. Okay. Um, Well, my musical journey is a little weird uh, in the sense that um, I knew right away I wanted to be a musician ever since I was a kid. But, you know, when you're growing up, everyone and their mother tells you, well, you need to have a backup plan and Mm -hmm. can you really make money doing music? you should probably go get a degree or go to college or figure out some kind of career. <laughs> and so the problem with a backup plan is that it really quickly becomes your primary plan. So I got out of high school, played shows for a while and a couple of years. And then we, um, my, I met my wife when we settled down and started to have a family. So I'll, I walked away from music for about 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until about 2010, 2011, that I started getting interested in it again and um, started playing at little coffee shops and did that for a couple of years uh, until I just decided to take it more seriously in 2013 and met some friends and some producers and they all kind of pushed me to, to um, making it more of a, uh, a focus. And so um, I launched my first studio length album, um, Studio length? I'm not sure if that's an actual term. It is now. <laughs> it is now. Full length studio album. That's what I meant to say. And um, <clears throat> I started touring. And actually, the one of the cool things for me is that um, I, I put out some videos and I just kind of said, hey, um, who would like to host some house shows? I'd gone to a couple and they were amazing. And uh, Brett actually was one of the first people to say, Hey, yeah, you know, I saw your video. Let's I'll host you if you come to North Carolina. And I, <laughs> and I had actually had a university reach out to me about one of my songs, um, Davidson university, mm-hmm. which is in North Carolina. And mm-hmm. so they, um, they asked if I would come out and play. So I, 
I took Brett up on his option. And so my first tour that I ever booked was uh, playing for Brett, was a part of it. And that's how I met him. That was your first. (laughs) That was the question I was going to ask too, right after Brett's. Uh, I did not realize that was actually like the first tour and then the first time you guys actually met too. Yeah, February of 2014. I love that you have it documented. February of 2014, <laughs> and that's where it began. I that's it. It just came from a random YouTube click. You know, the, the links on the side. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't even remember what I was watching that day, but I just saw Bradford's picture on the little link, and I thought, this guy looks interesting. <laughs> and, man, he just blew me away. The song, the video, the voice, everything. So I think I think it was probably that day I shot him a message. I found him on Facebook, shot him a message. That's that's kind of where it started. I remember that. My first show that I ever booked on tour was the Super Bowl, and Seattle was playing. I had no, I, like, I didn't realize it was the same day as the Super Bowl. I was like, you did the halftime show. <laughs> that's right. Move over, Shakira. Um, <laughs> it was pretty much the same, though. Pretty, pretty much. much. <laughs> lots, lots of hip shaking, and um, you know. No, I um I booked it the same day as the Super Bowl. Then I realized it was the Super Bowl, so we had to cancel the show. But you know, it's a great way to start out your tour. <laughs> you know, you live, you learn, right? That's it's so true. fantastic. Well, and Brett, how did you kind of get started into the industry and going into music and getting to where we are today as well? Uh music for me started off in church growing up as a kid in Florida. Um just kind of being annoying in church. and But then I would go home and, and try to pick out the songs we were doing in church on the piano. And I was probably five or six years old when I started doing that. And then found a guitar in the closet, poked around on that a little bit. Um, and then in high school, I bought a guitar, started playing in a uh, youth group at church. And... Um, never, I played with a band, um, in Florida that toured around quite a bit, um, contemporary Christian band, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a lot of church shows and youth groups and things like that, but all over the country. And, uh, was I that moved, the first band from, you were in? That Sorry. was the first, that was the first no, like go ahead. band band that I was in other than like a church band. That's pretty dope. That's yeah. a, that's a way to start. Actually, I, d- I played I played one high school homecoming when I wasn't even out of high school. It was for a different high school, and I got <laughs> I got hired to play guitar for that, playing you know, seventies and eighties music for for that. It was interesting. But yeah, then I when I moved to North Carolina, I kind of laid it down a lot. And I when I was in Florida, I went to Full Sail mm-hmm. Center for the Recording Arts, got a degree in audio engineering, and thought that was the direction that I wanted to go. I had- All right. So we lost service just for a second, but we're back on the path. But Bradford, you missed Brett telling you that you were best buds after that <laughs> point on. <laughs> it's true. So Wait, um, I, do I- did it, did Brett say we were best friends from that time mm-hmm. on? And then it was just silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My best friend just, that's like- the point where Bradford hung up. <laughs> I've had enough of this. <laughs> he was like, I'm done. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. No, but I love that that point on you guys kind of started forming tours and getting into the house show market. So I kind of want to go into that and kind of what it takes to actually do a house show and kind of what a house show even is. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a good place to start, especially for anyone that's listening to this podcast that's wanting to kind of do what you guys do now seamlessly, you know? Well, it's a show in a house. 
there you go. That's one. We're done. Some people don't know that though, <laughs> but it's it's different than normal yeah, shows. So for sure. what it's would you true. say? And that's actually one of the audience questions. They say, what's the difference between a house show and a private show? What is a house show and why? Um, well, f- um, for me, in my opinion, um, a private show is something where somebody is playing, is paying you to come play for them wherever that may be. Sometimes that's their house, backyard party, special event, whatever, but they're paying you a flat fee. And so you can kind of negotiate that, uh, with them, but a house show is more of a kind of a do it yourself event. So a lot of people don't know maybe in the general public, but when you're touring, um, you look for places to play, obviously, but when you're talking to venues, what they really want to know is how many tickets can you sell? Well, if you've never been to these markets before, you can't sell any tickets. So you're likely to not make any money. Sometimes they'll give you a guarantee if you'll play for like three hours and it's usually pretty small. Um, you know, maybe a hundred dollars to $300. It kind of depends on how that venue structures their deals. But even then that can be a challenge when you're on the road every night, you know, playing for three hours for just a hundred bucks or so, um, that adds up pretty, pretty quick. Whereas if you are playing, if you are having an event at someone's house where they invite all their friends to come see a pretty unique experience of, you telling your stories and how you wrote your songs and what you wrote them about, what they mean, kind of getting into the in-depth backstory of, of what it is that you do, why you create, how you created it. And, um, you know, essentially songwriters are all storytellers. So to me, that's my favorite way to watch a show because that's what I really care about is, is why people create what they create. And so I fell in love with house shows from, um, uh, from a audience member standpoint first. And so once I started going to them and seeing other people do it, I went, okay, this is, this is a pretty good model. I am, um, I would love to be able to do this myself as an artist. And it's turned out to be a great tool to see the country, to build your supportive community, to interact with new people in new markets and not have to worry about promoting the show or selling tickets you play for who shows up and the right people always show up. Sometimes it's 60 people. Sometimes it's 15, but it's, it's always an incredible time. And you're only playing for like, I generally structure my shows for about an hour's worth of music. And so that way on a Tuesday night, people can have 20 people over to the house, 30 people. And cause they'll fit in the living room mm-hmm. and that's a pretty comfortable thing. And people might be over at your house for about two and a half to three hours. That's, that's like a small little dinner party. It's not that big a deal. And it's pretty sustainable. And so it's a great way to build a touring model that makes sense for the artist. Um, but then it's also pretty sustainable for people who love music and interacting with it. So that to me is the big difference between those two types of shows. Yeah, definitely. And I know me and Brett were talking before you hopped on. What was some of the other benefits you said of doing house shows that sometimes I think people don't even realize? Well, I think one of the main things that can't be overlooked is just the relational capital that you're building with people when you get to come into their house and tell your stories as opposed to being on a stage in a room. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's Um, more intimate. Yeah. It's just a deeper connection and 
you're building supportive community, not just fans. There's a difference in fans and a supportive community. Mm-hmm. When the time comes to raise funds for your project, those people who you've had uh, considerable interaction with are much more likely to to support you in that. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, for house shows, one thing that uh, in my limited experience is a huge win for artists is that most of the time you're, well, I don't say most of the time, a lot of the time, whoever is hosting you will also put you up for the night. Mm-hmm. And so there's $150, $200 that you don't have to spend. Oh, most of the time, if you're, if you're spending the night there, they're going to feed you at least a meal or two. So, you know, as musicians, yep. if you're on the road, a meal or two and a place to stay is, it means everything you make on that show you can put in your pocket mm-hmm. instead of spending it all just to be there, which is what you would be doing playing a venue show. And that's that's crazy different than a lot of other venues as well. And we were talking about earlier. So you actually have to route out your whole entire tour. How have you found that you were able to do that? And what was some like tips and tricks to make sure you actually are going in a route that you're not going all in different directions and kind of keeping it in a time frame that works for you guys to be on the road and still actually make money? Well, for me, this is kind of the funny thing. Um, I tried one way and it worked and I've never tried another way. So I don't, I don't have a lot of experience with, well, if you do this model, it's going to work out like this, but Mm -hmm. you know, kind of the tired cliche is that artists don't make money on tour. Um, and I've yet to lose money on tour. So I kind of, fumbled into this way of doing it and it worked. And so I've never varied from it. Um, so I just, I just generally kind of map out about, I usually start, I, I, I really should go further ahead, but I usually start about three, four months in advance and I look at where I want to go this year. I am doing something a little different, but I usually look at where I want to go, like West coast, East coast, Midwest, you know, regionalize it. And then I try to get an anchor date. So, for example, you know, like um, somebody that's hosted house shows before and is really comfortable with them. So, boom, they'll be my my anchor date. I'm gonna I'm gonna. How do I get there and how do I get back? So mm-hmm. then I'll say, hey guys, I'm going to, let's say, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, how do I? Anybody? You know, so I'm in Nashville. I got to get from here to there. So I'll start targeting people in the States in between and just kind of say, Hey, if you've got a friend and they like music, tag them, let's talk about house shows. And, um, I use social media pretty heavy. Um, and that's gotten actually a lot harder than it used to be. Uh, yeah, the heroin dealer is selling the heroin for a lot more now. (laughs) They used to give it out for free. So Facebook wants to charge me for everything. Anytime it's remotely business related. So it's it's gotten a little more challenging for sure, but um, usually you can find also you know some of those winery brewery gigs, um, you know like on a Wednesday night or something that's going to help plug some of those gaps. And if you got to take a night off, then you try to find uh, a place to stay. And just social media, like even if you don't have a show or whatever, you can generally say, "Hey, guys, I'm going through Lincoln, Nebraska. Anybody know somebody who might be interested in putting up an artist for a night for free? And um, I almost yeah, always find something. 
in touring with Bradford, that was one of the things that when I first started riding along with him, it used to freak me out <laughs> because it's like, hey, man, we're playing this show tonight. I'm excited about it. Where are we staying the night? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, what do what you? This car is not big enough for the both of us, bro. <laughs> Where are we staying? I, it, it always works out. And that's the cool thing. It really always does work out. It's very few times that I've been out with Bradford have we had to pay for a hotel. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It just works out. People and then are, you're people staying with people. And so even if you didn't play a show for them, now they have a vested interest in who you are in your career and telling people about you. It's just, it's weird. You're just, you're building friendships all over the country one stop at a time. I love that. That That's one of my favorite things to play about house shows. Um, the one question I did want to ask too, and I thought was so unique when I first saw both of you guys doing this, a lot of times people don't even really know what house shows are. So a host doesn't even know where to start or how to begin. So right. how do you guys usually like guide someone that's brand new at hosting a house show? Uh, what's some things that you do to help them navigate the newness of that and how to do it? Well, the way you started this conversation was a great example because Brett just said you host a show in your house. I mean, it really is very simple, but people overthink it every single time. And so you do definitely have to help kind of hold their hand, for lack of a better term, um, explain the simplicity of the concept and help them get over some of the um, some of the mental mountains and so one way I've done that personally is um, <clears throat> I developed a little page based on a um, on my website about how shows, just kind of breaking them down. And then it's got a downloadable guide as well that walks you through. And uh, I found an artist named Shannon Curtis. She's one of the first people I saw perform a house show. And um, so she was kind of the example for me. Yep. And so I started talking to her and I said, say, hey, so how did, how did you do this? And, um, and she said, Hey, go to my website, check out my stuff. She, she has a website. She's got a downloadable guide and she's like, you can take whatever you want. Um, I read through everything and I definitely made up mine. Um, so it's, it's pretty loosely based on hers, but, the, but how shows it's not a radical concept. It's not rocket science. So it's, it's pretty similar, but you, um, you definitely want to help them understand what your expectations are because there's some very simple ways that house shows go terribly wrong. <laughs> yep. What, True. what would be a good example of a terribly wrong scenario that may or may not have ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, there's just some really simple things you can do. For one, it has to be communicated like a concert. Otherwise, you end up being background music for a dinner party and nobody knows why you're there. And if nobody knows why you're there, you're not going to make anything. Yeah. You'll have your lodging taken care of very likely. But, um, you know, I got a family and kids and bills to pay. And so we're we're trying to make a living at this. So if you can structure it and communicate it to your host and give them the tools to communicate it to their friends as a concert, you're going to do a lot better. And so what we do is we do a donation model mm-hmm. where I just want to get people there. So I don't charge tickets. I don't charge the host because I want to make it easy for the host to say yes. 
So it's free for the host. They just have to invite all their friends. It's going to be free for their friends. So that'll get them more likely to show up and try out this thing called a house show. Once it's there, I tell them to communicate a donation model. You know, bring something. There's going to be great music, shirts, whatever. If you don't have any money, come enjoy the thing. It's going to be awesome. You'll have a great time. But if you do, bring some cash, bring Venmo, you know, bring your phone, bring credit card, whatever. It's going to be great. And then just get them there. It gives you a chance to win them over with your stories, with what you're doing, with all the with all of the uh, intentionality that went into how you wrote your songs, why you um, why you're performing them, and all of that. Win them over with the moments that you create, mm -hmm. and then that gives you a chance to invite them into investing in who you are and what you're doing. And so we always do pretty well. I think it's really important as the artist that you're very intentionally communicating what makes a good host and what makes a good house show mm -hmm. too, because uh, it's all going to hinge on the host mm -hmm. because as the artist, you don't want to get up there and sound like you're begging for people to give you money. You need the host to be the one to pitch. This is a donation based show. These guys are out on the road. They really could use some support. If you enjoyed what you heard tonight, be sure. And, and you actually have to be very intentional on, even how you communicate that to the host, you can, you, you map out the room. You can stand here. I want you to hold whatever the money is going to go into and show it to everybody. I want you to say these words. And, um, Bradford does a really good job about, of, of that. Um, and just communicating very specifically to the host. Cause that that's going to make or break your night at a house show. Yep. You want them to, to avoid terms like gas money. And oh. if, if right. you got some change, or oh. you know, if you got a couple bucks, you want to you want them to communicate the value that you're intending to pour into it. So, so what I usually say is, if you felt like you really received something valuable tonight, if you saw Bradford and Brett give to us generously, let's do so in kind and give back to them generously. Let's fill up this vase for Bradford and Brett. You know, that sort of a thing. And so then they show it to everybody. They put it there. And then we go over to the merch table and we talk to people and we sell CDs and shirts and that sort of thing. So that way they can give whatever they're going to give without feeling like we're looming over them. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we get to create moments at the merch table. And that's actually a really good point, too. I always forget about that. But when you give them a small meaning they're going to give you a small amount back, but yep. if you rephrase it and kind of word it in the right way. So really, you know, conditioning your host to know what they're doing. And one thing that you guys didn't mention, or you did mention, you both have um, like a page on your site that really just breaks it all down so they can read it. They can read it over and over again. And I'll put that in the show notes for everyone listening so they can at least look at that. It's, it's spot on for both of them. I love it. So one thing I want to talk about just for fun, what's been like your favorite house show? Like Brett, you want to start a favorite Ooh. house show moment, favorite house show moment. Not that they weren't all amazing, man. There's so many, um, gosh, it's just, it's always, um, it's interesting because sometimes you'll roll up to a house and, and you know, it's just in a, kind of plain Jane neighborhood and it's kind of small and you're like, I don't understand how, this is going to work tonight. Um, but Bradford's right when he says the, the right people will show up. And I don't think I've ever played a house show that's bad because they're all, 
they're all something different. Yeah. Um, financially, you may have a better one or a not so good one, but as far as connecting with people and uh, around music, um, it's all there's always something to, good that comes out of it. Uh, my favorite, oh gosh, all that. Like that's that's tough picture. that that was actually that was my first house show that i played with bradford that was my first house show where we played in chattanooga christy graves uh, house um who a lot of artists who listen to this may have played there but um yeah just a great night and i kind of yeah I, I knocked the dust off with that one picture There's oh can you put the picture oh, i'm putting the oh picture that's my favorite picture on the website and it's literally a picture <laughs> of brett holding this puppy and there's this you know what? I'm not even going to tell you. You need to go to the website and look at this picture. It's worth yeah. it. <laughs> let's let's just say many things happened at that house show that I ne- never imagined would <laughs> happen. But it, it, I would say, yeah, that was a fun night. Oh my gosh, Raffer, is there any like just special house show or any special house show moment that you remember and just kind of hold close? Um. Yeah, you know it's. Uh... I think probably the first show that Brett hosted was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, Not a ton of people showed up, but it started, Brett's done so much for me as a person and as a musician. Um, He's mixed a lot of things for me. He's, he played all over my live record. He played on this, my latest record. Um, It just, he's probably my best friend. And, See, um, we should have yeah. like a best buds, uh, like so it's just kind of a weird thing, you know. I don't, I would never have met him if it hadn't have been for that house show. So, you you really do build these amazing relationships. And I've I've launched a subscription service, and I'm not sure that it, there's a couple people on there who haven't hosted a house show, but it's mostly house show people. Um, that we've been able to build these relationships with from playing in their home for their friends and and we interact on a regular basis. It really is a pretty amazing model. And as a point of example, Bradford and I played a house show with some who've become friends up in Connecticut. And then this past... Yeah, they love you. This past fall, Lauren yeah. and I played kind of a dual bill house show at the same place because we were connected through... Um, being introduced by Bradford. So, mm-hmm. and then we have a, our friend Roger Jager. Yeah. So it's like he played the community well. kind of builds around that. Yeah. And one of the guys there I heard is getting a tattoo of one of Brett's songs. On yeah. Steve. Yeah. Steve. That's awesome. Yeah. He loves you, man. Yeah. You really we talk about you on a regular basis. Connection. Oh my gosh. I love that. But you're right. I want to take this time and I actually asked online in a couple of platforms if anyone just had some questions for you guys. So I'm going to ask a couple of those right now and feel free just to answer quickly, take in depth, whatever you want. Uh, the one question I think is really good to ask is what kind of performer should consider house shows? Cause I do think certain shouldn't do house mm. shows at all. That's a good question. I mean, I can imagine being a death metal artist, that might be a little tricky, but I've, <laughs> I've seen some videos of we did a house show in Minneapolis at a place called um oh what was it called uh it's like the dog pound or something it was it was weird oh, it oh. it had a weird name and we were like huh that's weird that they call their house that 
And it turns out they, in their basement, they host like mosh pit style shows. And I was part of an acoustic duo a la like the swell season or the civil wars, Mm -hmm. nothing near death metal. So we were like, what are we getting into? Oh my gosh. And it was outside. It was during the summer and it was completely pleasant. It wasn't at all what we thought it was going to be, but you know, it's, yeah. I know that um, some rappers do house shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think, I think I anything about the type of artist. I think it's the Stop. personality. I think it's the personality and the temperament of the artist. Because if your ego is too big, house shows are going to be tough. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I think if you're true. if you're the kind of artist who wants to tell your stories and who's relatable to people and who likes up close, then house shows are going to be really beneficial. Hmm, but that's a good point. I think it depends on your personality to a, to a pretty good extent. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I know a couple artists that are painfully introverted and really, really have a hard time interacting in the musical setting. They just want to play their songs. They just go and they hide in the bathroom until it's time to perform. But they still do really well. So I don't, I don't know. I suppose you're right. Like if your head's too big, maybe that's in a, a yeah. good example. And I think smallness probably... Not saying you can't have a full entire band in a place, but I think it does help for the intimate atmosphere to kind of be able to keep it as one-on-one with the audience as possible. So like the duo acoustic or three-piece, but I agree. I like that. That's cool. That gives hope for a lot of people too, because I'm so used to it feeling like it's songwriter, folk, Americana, singer-songwriters, but that's, I didn't realize there's some other, you know, lanes, especially within rap, R&B, and um, metal even. I think the more specific you are about how you perform, that's mm-hmm. going to narrow your opportunities, but it's not, it doesn't shut the door. Like if you have to have a band, you're probably going to want to just tour during the summer where you could be outside at somebody's house. I love it. Otherwise that'd be a little tough. True. All right. And here's a good question. And I think a lot of people ask about this. I had someone ask, how do you advertise to the public quote unquote, when it's not a public show. So how do you go about that? Do you even advertise to the public? Brett? <laughs> yes, you advertise. Um, uh, well, cause I mean, it's someone's house. It depends because you, it's it, again, it goes back to the difference between a private show and a house show. Mm-hmm. And you have to communicate with your host what their wishes are. are. Are you just wanting to invite friends or do you want to open this up to, to people that I know that are in the community or whatever? And I think for the most part, your host is going to want the show to be as, ex- as successful as possible. Um, but I think even if it is a show where you know you're um, limited to whoever that person invites, I still think even on social media and things, it's good to put that out there if for nothing else connections for next time, mm-hmm. um, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to be in Minneapolis doing this house show. It's a private event, but you still put it out there so that people know that you're coming around. And so and that's, that's smart too. Yeah. So people know. So that's a good yeah. point. Chris, Cause I think people are confused on that whole aspect. So that's a good reason to look at that. But I'm not sure how you handle that all the time, Bradford. That would be a good question for you. Yeah, I think it's it's a couple fold for me. So for one, um, I think communication is key. I I am never going to give out somebody's address without asking them right. first. 
Uh, and that's actually stated in some of my connection points. So I have the website page, the downloadable guide, but I also have a first touch, second touch, third touch, and a thank you email kind of already re- written up. And so in that initial correspondence, it helps me to kind of aut- automate some things, but it also helps me to set their expectations for what I'm looking for from them and what they can expect from me. And I think that's really helpful letting them know I'm not going to tell everyone and their mother to show up at your house. I'm not going to give that information out unless you're comfortable with it. The benefit for me in doing house shows, um, one of the benefits, cause there are a lot of benefits, but one of the main benefits is, as you know, um, as you guys know, artists have to wear so many freaking hats and there's always something that ends up going by the wayside. And for me, that's promotion. I'm a terrible promoter. I just want to write songs and I want to go tell stories and interact with people. Trying to convince people why they should come see the show is painful and tedious. And it's a super important, but I, it's always the first thing to go. So uh, how shows help because your host is essentially deciding who's going to come to their house. So they're promoting the show for you. So what I will generally do, um, A, it helps people who really want to go see me to do so, and it shows people I am playing. Um, I, I will put like Jacksonville on my show calendar, and then I'll put as the venue Joe's Place or whatever their first name is. I'm not going to give the address. People can see what city I'm in. And then what happens is people will say, they'll send me an email if they really want to go. Hey, I saw you were coming to Jacksonville. Where's Joe's place? Could could we come to the show? And so then I'll reach out to the host and say, hey, I've got a couple people that want to come to the show. Would that be okay if I gave them the address? And then so that way people who really want to go are going to send me a message asking for clarification. So I can still get people there that are my fans, but I'm getting introduced to other people's friends and building my supportive community without having to promote it. That's smart. Yeah. Or, or you, if they say they want to come, you say, how many kids do you have and do they behave? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or could they be babysitters? Oh my gosh. Do you guys actually have a stance on if there should be kids or not at the show oh, or just like go with what the host wants? I think that's really helpful for people who have never done house shows because you're going to run into that. Bradford, mm-hmm. do you want to? <laughs> I know. I, I honestly, a lot of times say no to kids. Say like, let that be a night for yourself. It's and tough. I think, I think you tough. can, I think you can be, um, you have to be firm on whatever it is that you want, but also giving them options, mm-hmm. like, like maybe giving them just ideas. Maybe you want to hire a sitter for the night and they can go to another room of the house while we're playing or things like that. We've, we've, we've had some house shows where kids are completely distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, then those shows are, they're not bad shows, but they're just, they're uphill climbs to keep yep. everybody's attention. You can't Probably, compete yeah. with the cuteness. There's no. just, there's, well, Lauren, you can, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's, there's no comparison. So it, kids, I've, I've done a house show where children were running in circles around me. I'm not, I have no amplification yeah. and they are yelling and screaming and bouncing off of me. Everyone in the audience left before the show was over. And my pitch, so the donation pitch was at the end. That was one of two house shows I've ever had that didn't go well. And I play 
I've played hundreds and hundreds of house shows. So it really doesn't happen very often. But the more you can manage their expectations, that was before I had kind of the introduction. Hey, if you got kids, I'm a dad. I love kids. Can they sit still? This isn't going to be a super dynamic performance. So it might be boring for them. So to help ensure that it's not boring for them, what if we got a babysitter and they hung out in another part of the house or maybe a neighbor's house or, you know, something like that. Kind of, again, help manage their expectations uh, to match yours. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I I can't believe we almost didn't talk about that. But (laughs) I mean, I I think you guys have given a ton of information on house shows. I kind of want to talk about you guys personally just for a second. So what's on the horizon for you guys, both individually, possibly together? Like what's coming out? What's new? Yeah, Brad, I want to hear what's going on. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Oh, you know, just I'm just doing when's, my when's job. that album coming out? On a bunch of songs. I know, that's what I was thinking too. I looked at him, I was like, Ooh. that album's coming out two years ago, just like I said two years ago. <laughs> it's seriously no, such a good batch of songs, dude. Building hype, you guys. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, can I can I just describe a situation for the listeners that I don't? Hopefully, this is okay. But I'm sitting in Lauren's little studio office thing here, and and I've been in here a few times, but I just realized she has like this little mechanical stair stepper exercise machine under her desk where her feet go. And I think that's awesome. I do. I exercise. Are you stair stepping right now? I am. There's a long story behind it. I won it in LA. And oh, it's like a bike. It's a bike. It's like a bike. But the thing is, I. I shipped it all the way from LA and I carried it a football length. It's, it's hundred pounds. Um, and it was, I'm so out of shape because I literally would carry the box for a little ways and then like throw it on the ground. And then finally I called like a lift to just come where I was at, which was <laughs> fairly walking distance from where I was staying. Because you wanted to avoid the exercise as you <laughs> carried your exercising machine. <laughs> Isn't that the sad part? And then I shipped my uh, exercising machine so that I could exercise at home. I'm just really bad endorsing this, but it's great. It's anyway, little, sorry uh, about the aside. No, no. I, I've got a batch of songs that I would love to get recorded and out. Um, I have four kids and a family and a job, and it just makes it difficult. Um, I am excited about doing some more shows with Lauren. Yeah. We're going heading to Denver Woo-hoo. this month. So oh, in a couple weeks. A couple Denver. weeks, yeah. yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about maybe doing some more <coughs> shows with Bradford this year. <laughs> um, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I got you. And, uh, yeah, but I'd like to hear more about what Bradford's got going on. He's like, divert, divert. <laughs> the songs are really good that Brett's working on. Um, I know. So good. I'm, I'm endorsing the album right well, now. Pre-endorsing. Yes. That it puts does. the pressure on now, doesn't it? It does. All right. The pressure has been I'm going to do it. On. <laughs> so, Bradford, what's nice. coming out with you? I heard a new album and stuff like that. So, kind yeah. of details. Um, I am, I launched a new album in October and toured for about a month and took, um, a month and a half, two months off. We're buying a house right now. So I'm trying to get all that settled before I head out on the road in March to continue supporting the new record Mm -hmm. out on the West coast. And, um, I get itchy really fast. I'm already like thinking about the next record and I probably should promote this one a little better than I am. Uh, like I said, promotion's always the first thing to go. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm starting to put together a new batch of songs um, for the next one. Mm-hmm. I've got some singles coming out, and um, I'll be releasing those late spring. And um, I've been doing a bunch of voiceover work, which has been a lot of fun. Um, so I've been doing a lot of commercials. Uh, I'd like to do some more video games. Um, so I'm working on that too, trying to get an agent for that as well. And, uh, you know, you got the key to this, this artistic endeavor, uh, life of, as a musician is diversification. So I'm working on that, trying to stay diversified. I have an awesome subscription service where I write or record and or record a, uh, a new song. I've been doing a bunch of demo work for other artists as well. Um, and so I send out a new song every every month to my subscribers and um, keeps me pretty busy. Nice. And I'll put those links below in the show notes. And I'm going to also put your website, Brett's website, and anything you guys want as well. So you guys, when you're listening to this in the car, please don't do this while you're driving. I have it in the show notes. You can look at it when you pull over. <laughs> but nice. the, the last question I always like to end on is something that I think is just kind of cool. So this is a question. What would be the best advice that you would give someone starting out or you would have given the younger you when you first started out? doesn't have to be music related. It can be just any kind of advice of living in life. It's a big one, I know. (laughs) Decide what you want to be and then be flexible. Um, Like I said, I, I, I I have an engineering degree. I don't use it much. Um, would I enjoy using it? Sure, I would enjoy it. I enjoy when I get to produce or mix stuff, and uh, that's all great. But I don't, I don't want to close the door on going out and playing Rockwood Music Hall in New York City either. You know what I mean? So um, decide what you want to be and go for it, but be flexible. And then I think for for my side, as a kind of a, I guess you call it a side guy for other artists, just be a good hang and be helpful. Um, add value to whatever the artist is doing, not only musically, but you know, for Bradford to go to into a house show and be able to engage the hosts and and coach them on how to do the pitch and get the merch table set up and all the things that he has to do. I try to, I'll get the sound system set up. I'll make sure his clothes are. I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure that um, there's value added for mm-hmm. me to be there. So I think for somebody getting into house shows with another person or something, just you got to be a team. I love it. And that. you got to be a good hang because the road will chew you up. Uh, <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not best buddies like me and Bradford <laughs> or me and Lauren, me and Lauren get along well on the road. Actually, too. I was going to say me and Brad get along really well on the road. Uh, so I think we're both uh, extroverted introverts. So like when we need our time and space, we good with silence in the car too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always have a great time with Brad on the road. All right, Bradford, what would you say uh, you would tell younger you or advice to someone starting out? I would tell younger me, um, don't have a backup plan. Nice. I, so many people told me that and my backup plan immediately became my primary plan and I gave up on my dream way too early. And waste well i don't want to say i wasted 10 years of my life i had a great time raising my kids but um i did a lot of jobs that i absolutely hated um instead of trying to figure out how to be an entrepreneur how to be a business owner how to be a musician 
Uh, well, I knew how to be a musician. I just didn't know how to apply it. So I would say follow your dreams and don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Don't be limited. Don't limit yourself um, to a backup plan. Go for I, it. I think yeah, that's the perfect way to end, you guys. For anyone listening to this podcast, that's the whole moral of it is teaching you how to actually be the best musician entrepreneur that you can be and never settle for a plan B and always go for a plan A. So thank you guys so much for this You're episode. Welcome. I feel like chalked full is not even close to describing. Um, and it has so much information. I think you're going to help a lot of people. So thanks so much for that. And I'll put their links below so you guys can check them out on everywhere, every on everywhere, on, on everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Is that new? Is that new? That's, that's new on everywhere. It's like TikTok. So. <laughs> Lauren, you should start a, um, a social media site called everywhere. I've got, and then musicians. Every face. Every face. Coming nice. to an app store near you. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thanks you so much, you guys. Y'all have been awesome. All right. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining us this week on the Enlightened Musician podcast. Make sure to visit our website, theenlightenedmusician.com, where you can subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll never miss an episode. Until next time, this is Lauren Light. <laughs>